Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Karma You Podcast. This is Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution. Welcome, thanks so much for joining me here today. I am chatting to my friends Vicky and Selena from Project Love this week. And these two are on a mission to help busy women create lives, careers and relationships that they love. And this conversation, it's quite a long one, um, we really get into some good techniques and perspectives and stories in this episode. I think you're absolutely going to love it. Keep saying love, I'm really aware of how much I'm saying love now. Um, but we talk about finding romance in this crazy modern world that we live in. We talk about how to design a life that really works for you. We even talk about things like making new friends and how to find a career that you love. So I would love to hear what you think about this episode. Come over to Instagram, I'm at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you think. And I think this is another one that you might wanna send to a friend. So if you've got a friend who you think might benefit from hearing this today, please let them know about the Calm podcast. All right, let's get into the interview. Welcome, Project Love. Thanks so much for coming. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for coming over. Can you tell us what you do, how you got to where you are today? Well, we met back in 2012, I think it was, Christmas 2012, 2013, through a mutual friend. And at the time, I really wanted to be a relationship counsellor and was looking into uh, training to, to become that. And we decided uh, by the end of the evening that I would become Selena's love coach <laughs> and she would become my first client and we would begin working together. Yeah, because basically I at that time, so I've been a life design and career coach for about seven years at that point. So obviously I helped people and in creating lives and careers that I loved. And I had created a life and career that I loved, but the area that I was just could not figure out was my love life. And I just kind of had thought, maybe love life is just really is something that's in the hands of fate. You can't do anything about it. I just have a really crappy one and just going to have to resign myself to it and just do the best with living, you know, a full life outside of having a relationship. And so when Vicky came along saying, oh, you know, I think, you know, I really want to be a relationship counsellor. I said, hmm, uh, how about a coach? There, there aren't really love coaches around. I'm always just like, come on, join, join the tribe. And um, yeah, so we decided to give it a go. We really threw her in the deep end. I mean, talk about a difficult challenge. Let's come, come, and, come and coach someone who's been coaching for seven years and coach her in her love life. And uh, coaches are notoriously difficult to coach, I think. But it was within about three months, I think, I 
never thought I could be that happy and single and that relaxed and confident that of course it was going to happen it's just a matter of time before that I had felt so stuck I've been single for eight years I felt like it was never going to happen I'd left it too late all the good guys were gone all the classic things that we hear from women today now in Project Love um, and I'll get ready for love course and we just turned to each other and said there is really something in this mm -hmm. we've got to well, first of all, we've got to share it amongst our many single friends who are also mm -hmm. feeling stuck and frustrated like me. Um, and then, yeah, so that's really where Project Love began, with me it being my Project Love. Um, and then we started get the Get Ready for Love course, started trialling it with a pilot course with some friends of ours on Valentine's Day 2014, was it? Yeah, 2014, we wrote Valentine's Day cards to 14 of our, our fabulous single friends and invited them to do this pilot course. And then we had this four week journey, you know, going on that journey with them and learned so much from that. And then that became Get Ready for Love that we launched. It's coming up to the third year. Yeah. Three year birthday. Yeah, we've had over 600 women now go through it. And Fantastic. it's just, and self love really is at the heart of it, I think. For me, it was just, I, I started to study love and realised how I was approaching love in all the wrong ways. And that's one of the things that was getting me stuck. Also, my relationship with myself, um, you know, really nourishing that relationship. And it just shifted everything, the way I looked at love, the way I looked at dating. I had so much anxiety around dating. Mm -hmm. I called it my phobia. I was just like, I couldn't, I'm quite confident these days, socially, um, I used to be very, very shy as a child and as a, as a teenager as well, actually. But the only area that I had carried into was dating. So I had been on about two dates in eight years and they were both such horrifying experiences just because of how anxious I was. Mm. You could barely, literally could barely get words out and so just had to drink a lot. <laughs> it also doesn't really help for a first date. Surprise, surprise, those didn't blossom into long-lasting relationship. And so while I really wanted to meet someone, I was also terrified of dating. So it was just like, how, how do I get, what the hell am I supposed to do? And of course, when you get into your 30s, you're no longer just meeting people at parties and hooking up and then next thing, oh, let's go out. You know, it had suddenly, um, dating apps came on the scene in my mm. 30s that had never existed before online dating suddenly like exploded and that was suddenly the way you met people and I was just like this is going from bad to worse now so now I have to do online dating and um, we just found a way of approaching it that was lighter and um, found ways to manage my anxiety um, and just to approach it in just a much more relaxed way rather than thinking, is he the one? Mm. Is this the one? Mm. Will he love me? Um, to actually just going and just meeting other human beings who would also like a relationship and mm. we'll just see if we want to go on the next date. So yeah, it was, it totally transformed my life. Um, even before I met my now partner, who I met through Vicky, by the oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> She really she's the like best she really went above ever. and beyond what a love coach is supposed <laughs> to do for you, and yeah, then and then we, it was just suddenly so many people were like, oh my god, the world needs this. Like, there's nothing out there that's like this. Particularly two women doing it, I think, mm -hmm. two, and our friendship blossomed in that time, and um, so yeah, that's that's just how it all began. We wrote Get Ready for Love when I was uh, about seven months pregnant. We launched it when I was eight months pregnant. I was just oh. like, we did the videos, and I'm like. <laughs> massive belly like it was well I mean it depends what you want right but um yeah so that was how it all began amazing 
We both helped each other find love. I didn't know this at the time, but Celia's helping me change career at the time through this process. So she helped me to find this love with my career, which I'd never really had before. And then we obviously helped her to find love with a partner. So just love in all sorts of ways. Yeah, and since then it's now developed into, um, as well as getting ready for love and you know making how to make love last, it's also about designing a life that you love. And so that is about you know creating a career that you love and just designing your day-to-day so that you can really flourish in it as well so yeah so what does that look like designing designing a life you love what would that look like I'm gonna fucking how do people do that um so it's really about I mean the design is the design is the word really it's about looking at your the way you set up your day-to-day um you know what do you need to really feel happy and alive and well um, and loved by yourself, by others, what do you need to feel well in your body? So really on a day-to-day basis thinking about, we get people to think about what food really helps you to feel good in your body, drinking lots of water, um, getting plenty of sleep, is it exercise, what kinds of exercise, how much rest, like the real foundations mm-hmm. you know, of well-being, which without that you could create the most amazing life if you haven't got your foundations of well-being in place, then you're not going to really um, be able to enjoy the life that you've created for yourself. And then it's looking at the people you surround yourself with, the environments that you thrive in, the work that you do, obviously, um, and, yeah, and just what you fill your life with. And then and then looking, actually, I use, we use a lot using your calendar as your canvas and looking, okay, how do you design your day? How do you design your week, your month, your year? You then don't have to get so you know obsessed with your calendar Mm. but being able to map it out like that helps people to see the choice that they actually have obviously there's huge amounts of life that we can't control but there's plenty that we can so it's looking at the bits that we can control that we can design and making sure we do our best to create an environment um, and a day-to-day ingredients that we can that help us to flourish basically Mm. and so important isn't it because we live by our diaries so if we can have that that in place then life could start to take care of itself I yeah think. exactly it's not it's just it's not just using your diary for work meetings and doctor's appointments and you know when you have to I don't know take the car in to be serviced or whatever it is it's actually using your diary to dates with yourself or mm. you know time to to chill out and relax or time with friends and really making sure that you keep prioritizing those things mm. the things that really make you happy rather than just the to-do list, the never-ending to-do list, an oh admin of life. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so Don't easy to fall it. into, yeah. <laughs> what are the things in your courses and with when you're working with people one-on-one, what are the, the barriers that come up for people that stop them from really loving their lives? Well, when it comes to your love life, you know, there's a, there's a really beautiful quote that we love by Rumi that um, I'm not going to remember the verbatim but it's basically about um removing the blocks that get in the way of love rather than finding love it's about removing the blocks and some of those blocks could be limiting beliefs about relationships about dating about yourself about men about women and so we really look at those negative beliefs it could be like all the good guys are gone and then you know you're going on to a dating app and then finding evidence that supports that belief to be true like yeah I knew all the good guys are gone and all that's left are the guys that you wouldn't uh, you know want a relationship with maybe the unavailable ones or um, the uh, non-committal ones 
And so we really look at uh, reframing some of those limiting beliefs and, um, and helping people to form more empowering beliefs, um, beliefs that will help them to move forward in their love lives. Actually, there's in your, in your book, The Anxiety Solution, I can't remember how you phrase it. We call it the shitty committee, those limiting, oh, the yes. negative voice. And yeah. I remember reading the book and being like, this is, this is all the same, you know, it's talking about the same stuff, the shitty committee. And I think you talk about that a lot in your book, don't you, with the limiting beliefs and that negative, critical voice in Definitely. your head. Tell us about the shitty committee, though. I need to know more about that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it's, I mean, what, what Vicky's saying there is yeah. that, you know, that is what we, what we call the shitty committee, mm. is mm. that, you know, the limiting beliefs, the negative, critical voice that's like, it's always there. The moment you wake up, it's already had its coffee and it's like ready to go. And it's like, right, okay, you've got to do better. You know, you're never good enough. Yeah. It's always pointing out where you could be better. It's real perfectionist. It's full of fears. It's full of doubts. Everyone's got their different flavor of, um, or their different shitty committee personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is things that, you know, we've inherited from the people that, you know, we were influenced by as we grew up and we've just, you know, carried it along with us. And some of them we've made up all on our own. So, and it's something I think that we, we will always have, I think it's part of the human condition, but what we teach people is you can turn the volume down, you really mm. can. I know, because mm. I've had, you know, I had, used to have such a loud, shitty committee, but it's about turning the volume down and then t- learning to turn the volume up on that loving voice. Mm. And so that's a lot of what we do, um, well, in all our courses really, but particularly mm. Get Ready for Love, because we really find that gets in the way, gets in the way of, um, yeah, you finding that the kind of love that you, you really want, mm-hmm. um, but also when it comes to designing your life and creating a career that you love and achieving the kind of success that's fulfilling your potential, again, mm-hmm. that's where all the work has to come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, and I'm still, you still find there are layers, oh, a new layer I have to dig into mm-hmm. to remove that so I can move to where I want to in life. I think it's, uh, it's you're always going to need to be in a relationship with your shitty committee (laughs) learning how to manage it not fighting it that's the key it's like Mm. learning how to handle it without getting into full-blown war Mm. with that internal voice because it is you ultimately Mm. but it's quite useful calling it shitty committee because then it makes it quite fun to like deal with it (laughs) i think it's um important to remember that we're never finished we're never complete Mm. or perfect and those things are always going to come up and actually it's quite easy to beat yourself up if you you beat yourself up about beating yourself up Mm -hmm. and think why everyone else seems to be no one else struggles with these sorts of things and actually it's acknowledging that there's always going to be aspects of of that you know sort of self-criticism and you're just working with it Mm -hmm. yeah and I love what you said about like changing those beliefs because our brains will find the evidence to to support any belief that we hold. So if we believe that there are no single men out there, we'll mm. find that evidence, won't we? And we need to sort of question that. Yeah, I remember you talked about confirmation bias in your book, and we talk about it in our workshops as well. We teach women how that works, how the brain is so skilled at doing that mm. and finding that evidence. It feels like that's the that's the truth, and there's nothing, no no other way it could be. And it's so interesting to, you know, to name that, that that is maybe, you know, your confirmation bias, which is something we all have. And to, and to, once you name it, then you can start to kind of question, you know, is that really true? Is that really the way it is? I love it when there's a name, a scientific name for things to yes. explain. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Crazy. <laughs> um, what other things come up in terms of people wanting to find love then? I know you mentioned sort of social you know anxiety about dating and things is that something that comes up a lot for people do you think 
yeah it can be anxiety about dating and, and getting out there and for some people it's it's a first date thing for some people it's um anxiety around the first date and once they get into a bit of a rhythm with dating you know the second third date they're fine whereas for other people it could be the fourth or fifth date that that's where they feel they start to change mm. because there's more at stake because it's more of a risk you're investing more energy into someone in, into a, a potential relationship so then uh that it seems like some women tell me in coaching sessions that they feel they change you know after a few dates they start to lose themselves mm. because then they start to worry about what that other person's thinking of them and you know what just for an example um a client was telling me how she uh, she was in um she was at a bar on a date and she said she really wanted a pint she would usually order a pint you know and she decided oh, i'm going to order a glass of white wine because like you know assuming that's what he would like right. so it's things like that you know those little choices and decisions that you make on the date that could take you away from yourself because you're assuming that that's what they want rather than like what do I want it's thinking about what they want and we always encourage women to think from you know if you like them rather than worrying do they like me do they fancy me how do you feel about this person and sometimes you know people realize oh I was actually quite bored on the date you know all this worrying about mm. what they think I was you know how do you, do you feel on the date oh it wasn't even that and it wasn't that fun or maybe it was <clears throat> a little boring and so you know take it bringing the focus back into the self mm. you know can mm. be so liberating mm. Mm. definitely that's such a good point a lot of people that i speak to have almost given up on relationships they've got to like a certain point with it where maybe they got really disillusioned with mm. apps or they've had a really bad relationship and they're just and then they say oh i'm not I'm not even going to play that game anymore i'm not yeah. going to be involved what would you say to someone that is at that point where, you know, probably they do want to meet someone, but actually they've kind of outwardly given up? Ooh. I mean, I was at that, I was at that point for ages, I think, for quite a few years because I didn't want, it's such a tricky space actually, because you want it, I wanted it so badly deep down I wanted it so badly you know I'm I'm really good in partnership I'm really good in relationship I enjoy that um but it just wasn't happening wasn't happening wasn't happening and so you kind of I just wanted to sort of shut it down sort of to go you know what mm. it's it's a real struggle between going well I, I shouldn't need it to be happy so I'm going to just shut it down and create this life that I love and be good on my own and that that's fine and that's for some people they really do go actually do you know what I am happier in life without partner not everyone is, is, is really wants to be in a relationship and I think it's wonderful we've got this incredible freedom particularly as women today we don't need to be in a relationship we really don't need to be in a relationship to survive we don't need to be in a relationship to be happy um, we can choose the way that we want to live whether that's with a partner or not but I think that for me it was the moment where I went I finally admitted, you know what, I do want to be in a relationship and I can also be happy while I'm not in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that was key yeah. for me. I didn't realise that was an option. So I was, and I remember a friend of mine calling me out on it saying, you just seem really resigned that you're never going to meet someone. I was like, no, I'm just, I'm just really happy with like the life I've got. She's like, oh no, I'm sure you are. But there's definitely some resignation underneath it all that you're not really admitting to mm. so it was a process of it's a bit of an ego thing in a way of having being able to go okay actually I do want this and 
I do feel stuck because it hasn't happened and I, there's a part of me that thinks maybe it's not going to happen but it's sort of having to find that hope again and also I think with the, the game thing I don't want to play that game I don't want to be in that world of mm. playing games and leave oh I don't know how should I send a text message mm. and there's a lot of dating stuff out there that says here are the eight magic words that will make him commit. And I'm just like, oh God. F you. I don't want to be with someone because I manipulated them with eight magic words in a text message that made them think they wanted to be with me. I just think it's insane. And that, for me, was so anxiety-inducing. And But I think to say you don't have to play a game, mm-hmm. like the, our new game of, of finding love, is to be real, is to mm-hmm. be you, um, and is to just allow yourself to relax into being you. And we've got, and that's what our course is so much about, is, is allowing people to return to themselves and then going out into the world and looking up and smiling and saying, this is me, and seeing who, who comes into that space, rather than I think so much of the game is going out there, like you were saying, Vicky, and trying to be something you think that person wants you to be. Mm. Um, which is, I mean, that's why I was so anxious in dates, because I would be trying to figure out this new person I mm. just met, what did they want me to be, and how I was gonna, I mean, mm. what, I mean, that's an impossible game. Mm. And it's a losing game. Yeah. Um, because even if you do end up with them, then suddenly you're like, uh, sorry, by the way, false advertising. <laughs> I'm not Mika Mild. <laughs> They're just like, what? <laughs> oh God, I'm really like opinionated. And, sort of, um, and quite handful sometimes, sorry about that. <laughs> And they're like, what? So, yeah, I just think it's about having the, the courage to admit that, to what you want, but also recognising that you can be really happy in the meantime. I discovered, that was for me, the biggest success of my Get Ready for Love journey was discovering how happy I could be. I never thought I could be that happy being single. Mm-hmm. And being able to take that into a relationship. First of all, I think that's what then attracted my now partner I remember him saying, mm. I remember talking to him about it, saying, I never thought I could be this happy single. And he was like, wow, mm. I want to take her on a date. And then, and then to take that into a relationship where you're just so, I don't, I really don't need to be in this for my validation mm. or for my survival. Because mm. I think there is still a narrative underlying society that we, we do, women in particular, do need that. Um, and it's great to have that freedom within a relationship. Um, and I think, and becoming a mother as well, I've really, well, you probably have a better opinion of this being on the outside of it, but I think I've stayed really true to myself and made sure that, you know, I don't get lost in the role of um, partner and mother. But that also helped by the fact that I love my work and I love my business life. (laughs) (laughs) I love you too. I was I was smiling to myself when you were describing that because I'm pretty sure when I first met my partner I probably did because I was so anxious and kind of socially anxious I probably did come across much more meek and mild and easygoing than I really was and about four months in he realised it wasn't quite as easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thankfully he did hang around eight years later but yeah it's a, do- it's a risky game if you're not feeling like mm. you can be yourself if you're trying to change yourself to impress someone else. Mm. Yes, definitely. And yeah, just go ahead and enjoy your life, create a life that you love being on your own. And that sounds like it's sort of the key to it. Yeah, I mean, that's the most likely way you're going to attract the right person into your life anyway. Mm. Because I think I definitely got stuck a little bit, or I've certainly seen a lot of women um, and men get stuck in 
waiting for a partner to turn up before they really live their life. And actually, mm. I remember saying this to um, uh, a male friend of mine who had all these dreams and ideas. He's like, but I'm, I kind of need to do it with a, with a partner. And mm. I was like, you, no, that's crazy. You can't wait to live mm. your life and fulfill your dreams. Because you're, you might find that your partner, your future partner, doesn't want to do any of that. And mm. that was what got me then having to own up to a big dream I had of buying a camper van, quitting London, and travelling, well, Europe, no, I, the dream was to travel Europe, I ended up travelling the UK wow. for six months, um, and that was something I'd always said, I'll do it when I'm in a relationship, mm. and I was just like, I'm not going to wait anymore, and off I went at 31, and it was amazing, wow. absolutely amazing, life-changing, It was, just, and I'm so glad I did it, because... Yeah, this, it wouldn't have been the time now to do it. Mm. So mm. I did it when I could. And yeah, it's just not, not waiting for someone to turn up so you can start creating the life you really want to live. Start creating it now. Mm. Mm. And then they'll turn up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good to me. What about, because I think careers and what we do for our job is such an important part of how happy we are, how, mm. how much of our lives we spend at work. Um, and yet so many people don't feel happy with what they're doing or they don't enjoy their jobs or they've got a dream but they think oh that's not for me mm. is that can you tell us about the sorts of things that you see around careers yeah so I think god I mean it's so important what you fill your day with so much of that is your work and so when people aren't doing things that they love aren't doing things that really play to their strengths and really are meaningful to them and make them come alive and leave them feeling fulfilled at the end of the day you do feel, you, you do see people kind of switching off. Well, it's a combination, actually. There's the numbing. Um, there's the compensating for it, buying lots of things, you know. And um, I think a lot of people fall into that one. But also the anxiety that can come with being in an environment, particularly introverts, actually. You get an introvert in a, an open plan office where they're being asked to do brainstorming sessions all the time. That's so opposite to the way that they actually need to operate, which is to be a lot of alone time. Let me go away and think about it. Don't put me on the spot. Um, but so so many work environments are play to an extrovert's world. Yeah. And so I think it's just recognizing things like that. Of you know, so you can tweak things actually. So if an you know an introverted person who is good much better working on their own and not being in that kind of environment could actually just move to working from home or working from a space that they choose. Don't have to change, completely change your career. You can tweak things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people just, you know, so many people just fall into a career after mm-hmm. education at school, at university, and they're just like, this opportunity came up, so I needed the money, so I took it, and mm-hmm. now here I am. Um, and sometimes it can just be, just not have any meaning for them at all. And mm-hmm. I think having meaningful work or just work doesn't or just work that you just enjoy doing it you know i i know very happy accountants they might not feel like it has might necessarily have be making a big difference in the world for example obviously a lot of accountants maybe are making a big difference in the world um but you know but they love just the satisfaction of the numbers and the you know mm. figuring all that stuff out to me it would be hell because spreadsheets just make me curl up and want to die but it's really important to recognize how different we all are and yeah. we all have strengths don't play don't try and improve on your weaknesses it's the the right. worst thing i think the, the culture of work where it's just like oh let's maybe send you in a course so you can mm. improve on that why if you're not good at it 
just give that to someone else and you focus on what you're really good at mm. and get even better at it. So then just everyone's really shining in their line of work. Um, and I, we do find a lot of the time it's more and more as people wanting, to, wanting autonomy and to be their own boss, right. whether that's becoming a freelancer, to have more freedom that way, starting your own business, um, which is not an easy path to take and not without its anxieties, but can be so incredibly fulfilling, get fulfillment and the freedom of autonomy from it and you know choosing something that really connects with who you are whether that's being more creative or making a difference or just bringing bringing to life an idea that of something that you just really feel this is what the world needs this is what I need and I'm going to go and create mm. it. it doesn't exist mm. Mm. so yeah how do people decide what to do with their lives oh that's wow no, what an easy just figure it out. Out. Chloe I'll just sum it up in two minutes. Just let us know. <laughs> How do they decide? Just really getting to know yourself, mm. um, asking yourself questions, inquiring into what makes me happy, what makes me come alive. Like we were talking before, mm. you know, questioning your assumptions about um, about yourself, about how things are. Just getting into an inquiry, really getting to know yourself, becoming a bit of a de detective, um, finding out what makes you come alive, what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. so, you know, if, if it is, for example, a career that you're wanting to change, but don't just start with, okay, looking at your CV. Okay, how can I turn this into something I enjoy? Get rid of the CV, go back to basics and find out what makes me happy. Um, and going on that journey, you'll start to find, well, these, hmm, maybe I want to do this as a hobby. Actually, maybe this is something mm -hmm. that I could really start doing that I'd want people, I'd want to offer to the world. Um, and explore and experiment, you know, that we do too much thinking. We think we're supposed to figure it all out in our heads, but actually get out there, you try things, follow mm -hmm. your heart, but experiment, you know, do projects, try things out. That is how you will figure it out, mm -hmm. not through lying in bed at 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. Trying to figure it out in your head. You'll just go round and round <laughs> and round in circles. Yeah, so it's really about getting out there and playing, you know, trying things out. I think always going back to being like kids again, remembering mm -hmm. how we're so good at figuring stuff out as kids and learning. I think going back to playing, experimenting, exploring, getting out of our heads and into action is you, you will find your way, definitely, mm. when you do that. I love that way of describing it because it can seem quite heavy, I think. If you're kind of quite far down in your career, you're mid-30s, you're earning good money and then suddenly you're thinking, shit, I'm in the wrong job, mm. am I going to quit and go back to the beginning or something? It can be quite a daunting prospect and actually just to think, to play with it and to experiment and not think, oh, because you don't necessarily have to go back to the beginning. You're not, you have, still have skills that, you, no. that you've got that you can transfer or maybe there's a way of bringing more of what you enjoy into what you're, you're doing. Well, Vicky, you've mm. been doing, you've been in marketing for how many years before you started going, mm, maybe something different? Yeah, so I, when you were just describing, you know, most people come out of university, just fall into jobs. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I just fell into a media job and then a marketing job. And there were so many, you know, things that I loved about the marketing job. But deep down, the work, I was just craving that fulfilment in my work. and But I didn't know, you know, what that was. And, um, yeah, I'd forgotten um, about my passion for relationships. I'd studied psychology at uni, but I think, you know, the there is this kind of um, expectation that you're you're supposed to fit into this 
one of these boxes and I guess thinking about relationships you know relationship counts as like the box that I thought you know and it wasn't until we met that I realized oh it's not you don't have to think in you know these black and white terms that it's mm. oh this you know this career or or that career it's actually mm. it could be a whole different thing you've never even thought of and it wasn't until we started experimenting together and playing with Project Love that Project we didn't you know Project Love wasn't we decided let's Let's a do business. A business together. Yeah, you know, it evolved out of us playing and and working on it as a project, Project Love, and then yeah. Project Love then became the Project Love. I forgot what you actually so asked you, me. You, will, you can almost <laughs> create, create your yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can always create your own job. We don't need to go into oh these boxes. Oh my god, it's all about creating your own portfolio career. career. Yeah. Portfolio career. That's what I keep hearing. In my yeah, head. it's um, yeah. I mean, and actually, the way you know the way Vicky says it there is exactly that is. You know, it Project Love started because she wanted to try something out. She actually got, she was put in touch with me because she was, you know, exploring and speaking to people who were had careers that that she was like, ooh, something like that, but mm -hmm. more about like love and relationships. Mm -hmm. And I had a need to sort out my love life, and so we were like, okay, well, let's see mm -hmm. if we combine my life design stuff and Vicky, who'd been doing NLP and things like that, and like bringing those together. And she's just basically spent her entire lifetime talking to people about their relationships <laughs> like in the corners of parties and clubs she'll always be there tell me more and then and then she said what and he said what and it's just like everyone else is like oh god no I don't want those conversations Vicky loves it but that's a perfect example you know often when people change career they'll go you know what I mean I was doing this basically all my life but didn't realize I could make money from it mm -hmm. because what's mm -hmm. interesting in is our society we have work is hard and so we'll always choose the things, not the things that are just so easy we could do it standing on our head and would love to do it all day. That would be, that's kind of not allowed, right? We were never told at school that that was what, it's like you weren't told at school, Gosh. hey, just have fun and do what you want. And one day that you can turn it into a career. They were like, no, you've got to work hard to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so we think, well, it can't be that. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I would, I would always say, I mean, I basically made my career out of chatting, whether it's coaching, <laughs> podcast all the things I love to yeah. do most are basically chatting and just in, you know and to and chatting about you know a topic that I'm passionate about and taking people on journeys with that but I think um I've really lost my train of thought now what was I saying there was a video that you sent me um back before we were uh, doing project love work and it was as part of a, a course that I did um with Selena and it was a video that said I think the key message is it's easy for you, but it's not easy for everyone. And I yes. think we think, oh, it's easy for me. It's natural mm. for me. We think it, it must be easy for everyone. Surely everyone can do that. Yeah. It's just like, no. Yes. I mean, I remember saying people, other coaches saying to me, um, you should really give coaching a go. And I was like, it's a challenge of the night. You just sit around chatting to people. <laughs> and the coaches were just like, you just give it a go and you tell me if there's any challenge in it. And of course they were right. <laughs> it is a challenging role um, and incredibly fulfilling. Yeah. But I think... You know, when you allow yourself to go, oh, well, I love doing this. Actually, who does need that? Who finds this hard? Mm -hmm. Who would want help with me doing this? Mm -hmm. And that's where, that is where you find your role. And then whether that's mm -hmm. being employed by someone to do that, or whether that's by you starting your own thing, or by, like you say, portfolio careers, having a number of different things. Or actually, back to life design, you might go to, you know what, I do actually quite like the job I've been doing for the last 10 years. Quite like to just do it for three days and then have two days doing something that I love without it needing to make money, whether it's 
write poetry, make music, be out in nature, dance, you know, whatever mm. it is, but mm. allowing going actually taking your passions and your hobbies just as seriously as what you do to make money. So it's just really reassessing our beliefs. It's back to the whole, yeah. you know, challenging your beliefs around work, around success. But that whole thing, you've got to work hard to succeed, that we get from school, mm. is screwing up a lot of people's happiness. Yeah. I'm mm. like, education, I'm, I'm going to be heading over there one day. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do a TED talk on it. Oh, please do. Please I do. don't ever want to do a TED talk. <laughs> There's nothing I hate more than public speaking. <laughs> in front of a video or a podcast, fine. Put me in front of anything more than four people in a room. You've done a TED talk, haven't you? No, I did. I stuck Stylist Live. Oh. Which was basically my TED talk moment. Yeah, exactly. But. Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> but um, yeah, lots of people. No one likes public speaking, really. We just force oh. ourselves to do it. <laughs> do you think that's true? What about like, someone like Tony Robbins? He was oh, yeah. He's it. just desensitized. He's different to He's any human. To it. I think yeah. some people love being on a stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. That's where my anxiety still lives. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. That's my my definitely my zone of greatest anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. It sounds like from what you're saying, it's about kind of opening your mind, not not fitting yourself into a box, not thinking that <clears throat> the way society has said your career has mm. got to be is the way it's got to be, because we do have so many opportunities and mm. possibilities exist, and it is about yeah opening your mind to things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Idea. And it takes courage, that though. It really takes courage. Definitely. It comes with your your sort of survival mechanism will have an absolute hissy fit if it sees you stepping away from the status quo. Mm. So mm. kind of be prepared for that mm. and have tools to help you with that. But also know that that will be part of the journey. So when you are crying on the kitchen floor, it's pretty much natural. Don't worry, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can attest to that. It was a moment back in 2013. Yeah. <laughs> Am I crazy for thinking I can do this? They didn't tell me this in my careers advice, that I could, <laughs> I could have this, I could make up my own career. But you can, yeah. yeah. And it's the way forward, actually. I yeah. think it's, mm. it's definitely the way forward, if that's what you want to do. But some people really suit being employed, so it's just really finding what works for you as well. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, we could talk about that topic all day, I think. <laughs> I want to have another question for you around making friends. Because it's almost a bit like dating in a way. Mm. What do you, what, yeah, tell us about how we can make more friends if we want to do that. Well, the dating apps are now starting to recognise that. And Bumble are a great one for this because they, they launched, I think it was last year, Bumble BFF. Oh, wow. You heard of that? No. So it's like connecting yeah, you with other cool. girlfriends. Yeah. It's amazing. There's actually one um, that launched in the US called Hey Vina that is known as the Tinder for friendships. And I think it may even be in the UK as well, Hey Vina, but Bumble BFF, massive. They had millions of swipes in the first week that they launched it, which just shows how much women are craving you know, that connection from other women. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's so positive that dating apps are recognising. It's not about meeting new people to find the one or to find the partner. It's actually just connecting you with new people. Yeah. And, you know, they've also got Bumble Biz that connects you to people in the business world as well. You know, that those apps can now just be a tool to help us to meet people. Mm. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, there is a lot of need, need for it. We've got a friend who's just moved to Germany and she's been so starting up a whole new life with her partner there. And so she's mm. been going on 
friend dates and um, and it's exactly she said it's like you're it's like writing a dating profile yeah yeah and but but what she realised was she's writing quite a flirty one. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, hang on, I'm looking for a friend. Rewrote it and suddenly it was, you know. And actually she applied lots of our tips from, um, you know, how to approach online dating the right way. Yeah. She took those tips from our Get Ready for Love course and she applied them, you know, just getting in the right mood before you actually open up the app. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's a whole, you know, Vicky in particular finds that you with your clients that they mm-hmm. use the kind of, don't do it in the dead zones, the dead times. Like yeah, in a queue at the bank or on the train home from work when you're feeling exhausted. Uh-huh. You know, do it when you're feeling really good in yourself because ultimately you're going to attract that kind of energy back. So if you're feeling really good and optimistic and positive, then you'll, you'll likely be attracting that kind of energy back as well. And not only on a date, but when you're online dating, which sounds a bit crazy, it sounds a bit woo-woo, but... It's it's kind of based on the principle of like attracts like yeah. the law of attraction. Yeah. You know what what you're putting out there into the world of dating, you're getting back. There's also how you're view. You know, if you're in a good headspace, it's how you're viewing people. Whether it's you know you're looking for a date or you're looking for a mm. new friend. Mm. You know, if you're in a positive headspace, then it's you know as you're going through, your filter's different. You're mm. looking at a positive filter. It's also the communications you mm. put out mm. and your readiness to just oh just mm. send a message and, yeah. and just see. Yeah. But I think there's a real need for, for people to continue to making to, to be making friends because, and we hear this a lot, we've just done a podcast all about friendship actually, um, that's, you know, that talks about there's a lot of loneliness yeah. that's going on in our society and sometimes it's because you move away or your friends move away. I went through a period where nearly all of my close friends moved away from London and suddenly I was looking around going, who do I go out with now? Or then obviously you hear a lot of, particularly women in their 30s who find that their friends are settling down, settling mm. down having kids, yeah. disappearing off the scene. Mm-hmm. Again, now who do I go out with? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's... But I also find, me personally, I mean, I haven't experienced that in terms of you know friends disappearing off to settle down, but I think it's really healthy to be making new friends. I, mm-hmm. I will always, I think, be looking to meet new people or make new connections because it's such an important part of me growing and um you know getting to know people from different worlds and different perspectives Mm -hmm. and it helps me to keep expanding mine and growing my compassion and empathy and understanding the world so Mm. yeah I think I think always recognizing that making new friends is sometimes necessary but even if it's not necessary is still a good thing to do yeah because we change so much in our lives and if you're still hanging out with the people that you went to primary school with you might you might miss out on those opportunities to grow mm. into your own person because mm. you're kind of still hanging around with the same people and actually mm. yeah meeting different people is gonna cause you to expand mm. your horizons and yeah open mm. your mind a lot so. yeah I like a good friend date. Yeah, <laughs> a good friend date. Wondering if they like you. Yeah. Or should I'm you going to see them again? <laughs> Are they going to text back? Oh, God. Well, we get to do it through our work. Yeah. You know, yeah. we met you through our work yeah. and got yeah. to hang out and do a podcast and dive straight into the, the deep and meaningful conversations. It's the oh, best. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. do that with everyone anyway. Yeah, straight Wednesday in. morning. Let's just talk about life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
um, so start a podcast if you want to make friends. Oh god, definitely. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. And get involved in activities as well. And you know, it could be like going to an event, going to like looking at meetup.com or Eventbrite and getting involved in say a workshop or a cooking class or starting a hobby, anything that really opens you up and gets you out there into the world, meeting new people, using the apps, saying yes to opportunities. It's the same advice we give to women who want to find love, to yeah. want to find, who want to find a romantic partner, is just mm. get out there and, and actually open yourself up to meeting people and smile at strangers and dogs help too. <laughs> Having a dog. Borrow yeah. my doggy.com, get on there, borrow yeah. a dog for the day, you always meet new people yeah. walking a dog. But it's just, yeah, trying new things and just like making an intention to go and meet new people and you know just like dating it does require a dose of courage as well mm. and, mm. and investment of your time as well I think also online you can you can make a lot of friends online so when whenever we run a course we always have an online community that accompanies it mm. and there's nothing that bonds people like going on a, a you know a journey together mm. so whether it's you know getting ready for love or about designing you know a life you love for the year to come or you know changing career being part of a community like that, or, mm-hmm. or whether, you know, maybe you have a business and it's joining, you know, a sort of community, private community of other people who are, yeah. um, you know, starting a business, or maybe you love running or cooking, whatever it is, or blogging, or, you know, some kind of creative course online. But with our communities, I mean, particularly the Love Zone, which has been in existence for three years since Get Ready for Love began, the community of women in there <laughs> is so phenomenal. Yeah. It, I still to this day I love going in there just the, the just the love and the wisdom and the, the conversations the depth of conversation and what's been amazing is that a lot of those women over the years have then connected and met in real life and become friends in real life mm. um, some of them you know have now have been in relationships for, for almost three years and others are you know have been are still on their journey whatever it is but it's just Having started off, they've now got that foundation of talking about love and mm. and engaging in conversations with that kind of depth that just really helps to create, I think, a deep connection. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've got people who meet up in Spain and obviously mm. the UK and mm. yeah, and it's and all over the world actually now. But yeah, so I think you can meet people as well online. A lot of people meet meet friends on Twitter. Yeah, I've made yeah, friends on yeah. Twitter all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you sort of you know you've had a chat it's like. Oh, we both live in wherever it is. Let's meet up. Or I'm actually going to be visiting where you, you know, the mm. city that you live in, the mm. part of the world that you live in. Let's meet up. Mm. And so people are very open to meeting for a coffee. Yeah, because I've met loads of people yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. And a couple of my friends who aren't, who don't work for themselves, find it weird. But I think when you work for yourself, that's more normal. Yeah. To kind of, oh, we'll go and talk about our work. Oh, we're yeah. Both, we're both self employed or whatever. Mm. But actually, you know, people are very open to it, even people that don't work themselves because yeah. a lot of people as you said are lonely and really mm. you know maybe all their friends have kind of moved to the countryside and had babies and actually they want to meet people so mm-hmm. don't be don't be afraid to ask people out on a mm. friend date yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. everyone's craving connection definitely you know so I think most people are wanting that too and actually someone said in the love zone when we were sort of preparing for the podcast on friendship they said don't assume that everyone's got their friendship quota filled up mm. You know, a lot of people have space for more friends. Mm -hmm. So don't just assume, oh, everyone's got their friends and it's just me that's got a friendship deficit. Actually, statistics are suggesting, and and from our own experience of speaking 
um, to women, and particularly single women. Well, actually, not just single women. I think all women mm. are just, you know, they're, they're looking for more sisterhood, looking for more connections, mm. looking for, you know, friendship. So, yeah, let's just all get out there and start inviting each other out for coffees, herbal <laughs> teas, whatever it is you want to drink. <laughs> Cocktails. <laughs> Great. So, what are you working on at the moment? What can people get involved in if they want to learn more from you? Well, we, we're just about to launch a course with Match.com, which will be launching this summer. Watch this space. Should we mention Goodbye Hello? Oh, yeah. We've got, um, so last year we launched Goodbye Hello, which is a journal, um, to get yourself to say farewell as the year comes to an end, and then design whatever it is you want the next year to be all about. And we launched it on a Kickstarter, it was something that we've been doing for I've been doing for eight years, sending out as a little PDF. And my dream was always to make it a physical book that you could like have on your bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Um, went really well with the Kickstarter last year, so now this year we've got the next version, which is a new and improved version. And we're speaking to a number of um, high street shops about having it on their mm-hmm. shelves Great. in time for Christmas. But regardless, it will be on. Um, Project Love website, loveprojectlove.com. So that's a great little life design tool. And I did that in January and it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Loved it. Absolutely. Great. Such yeah. a good process to go through. Yeah, exactly. Such a good process. And we all need need that to kind of get ourselves in the right mindset for having a structure to, to get into the right mindset. Because we all have New Year's resolutions, don't we? But actually having that structure and reviewing how the year went and kind of planning yeah, for Yeah, exactly. And this great. one, the new one will have quarterly reviews as well to kind of keep mm. you on track. And the thing with New Year's resolutions is that apparently it's only 8% yeah. ever actually see their way through to the end of the year and most of them, 50% have been forgotten by February. So like, <laughs> this New Year's tradition that we all have doesn't work. So yeah, yeah we, we want this to become the new New Year's um, ritual. Mm. And we've because I've been doing it for eight years and we've been doing the Project Love for the past three years, we've just got just great stories that are coming out of people, mm. just finally prioritising the things that make them happy. And that actually is what life design really is all about, is making you, your happiness and your well-being a top priority because mm. so often we drop to the very bottom of our list below mm. work commitments, social commitments, family commitments, the laundry, the shopping, and then it's like, and if I have time, mm. you know, yes. I'll hang out with me, do something nice for me. This is about going, you do need to do all those other things as well. It's not suddenly becoming your, you are the priority, but you become one of the top priorities in your life. And that really, just having that little um, end of year, beginning of year tool mm. really helps. Mm. And it's lovely because that's the time when everyone's thinking about that. So you get, you know, Instagram, Instagram is full of people posting pictures of Lovely. all in 32 countries in the world. Wow. We have people doing it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so we're excited to see how far it can spread this year. So we've got that. And then, of course, Get Ready for Love is always available. Um, so you can join that at any time. And it's a course you do at your own pace. Mm. And you can, you can, yeah, it's you do it entirely on your own at home. And if you want to be part of the community, community the Love Zone, which is really truly a gorgeous space to hang out in um then you can be in there sharing how you're getting on asking for help and people have remained in there from day one we've got people Mm. who've been there for three years people who are happily in relationships now but just love the love zone they're like hi guys i'm just oh i love you and offering advice and oh it's such a it's such an amazing example of sisterhood in there you know complete strangers when they turn up 
they're just so much love that they give mm-hmm. off. So it's mm-hmm. yeah. So that you can join anytime heading over to the website. And what is the website and your social media? Are you on Instagram? So it's loveprojectlove.com and Instagram is loveprojectlove.com and um, Love Project Love. Love Project Love. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Facebook at Love Project Love. And we do have Twitter, but I mean you don't really can't do everything. We yeah. can't do everything. We everything. don't really use that. Oh, yeah. I mean, we really just love hanging out in our in our Facebook groups. <laughs> it's just like it's like the uncoolest social media platform, Facebook, <laughs> private Facebook group. So we finally realised that is our zone. That's where we like hanging out. So, you know. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming over and talking to me today. And, yeah, loved to speak having us yay oh and one last thing our podcast oh of yes course. of course easiest I'll thing put a link all. in the notes as well too. yes so obviously the project love podcast Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 